to see if these rookies have what it takes to be a WWE superstar. We're going to test their mental and physical abilities with weekly challenges. Now, as many of you are painfully aware, including you, Josh Matthews, this is a keg. What was that mean? <laughs> this keg is filled with liquid, weighing over 160 pounds. Here's the physical challenge. Each one of these rookies will have to carry the keg all the way around the ring and get back over this yellow line in a certain amount of time. Whomever does it in the fastest amount of time will win the competition. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. This is your boy, Notorious Nando. Of course, always joined by your other boy, Larry Knight. Oh, yes. We got the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S-N-A-N-D-O oh. and Larry Knight. I Have I ever told you I'm terrible at like spelling? Like, yeah, you weren't ready for that No, I was yeah, not. I, <laughs> I was thinking about it uh, while we were sitting here. Like, I thought about that like two hours ago. Yeah. No lie. If if people haven't done this, we were literally just dying before starting this, where if you've ever listened to the hit Whitney Houston song, I'm, I'm with your baby? I'm your baby. Oh, I'm your, ba- I'm your baby tonight. And uh, I've mixed it with like the original X-Men theme from the 90s. Uh, do yourself a favor and like just YouTube that because, uh, yeah, it was kind of, I had never thought about putting those two together, but. Oh, yes. And we found it like just sitting here giggling <laughs> and then somebody did it. So, of course, YouTube gets a W right there. Yeah. If uh, if anything, I'll, I'll play it at the outro of this episode uh, just so you guys are, are in on it as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Thanks again for checking us out. If this is your first time, we're now on uh, episode seven. But in case if you haven't, if this is your first time checking us out, thanks again for listening to the podcast and uh, giving us a listen. Uh, you can also check out the first six episodes that we've already done in our uh, in our archives. Uh, you can download them or listen to them all on, on Podbean or or YouTube. We just started, so like it shouldn't be too bad to like you know catch up at this point. Cool. So yeah, we are doing episode seven today. Of course, you know, the WWE Network don't really um, give their episodes any real titles. So this is just like episode NXT number seven. Um, We're watching it on the WWE Network. The date for this one is April 6th, 2010 at the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. So uh, this is where Senor Punk, Senor Punk's uh, hometown, right? Oh yeah, he is a... Chicago, Chicago, Chicagoan, a native of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, he is one of those. <laughs> he, uh, he's like, I don't know. He, I feel like he just helped contribute to making Chicago a more rowdy crowd. Mm-hmm. Like they were already kind of rowdy, but like I feel like like CM Punk rising to power the way that he did kind of made Chicago a hot spot. And almost a dangerous place to have shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, you never really know what alignment they're going to go with. So Chicago is very interesting. Yeah. Obviously, like, I think in the next years to come, I think they had, like, the post-Raw after Mania, like, in Chicago and Philadelphia. Mm. Just because they knew, like, those were going to be, like, the hot crowds to to kind of go to. Mm. Um, but even then, like, now they do it in the same arena or nearby arena of wrestlemania like for example when we went to uh new orleans they had done it at the the superdome the superdome Superdome is where the uh, wrestlemania was at and in the raw smackdown we're at smoothie yeah yeah shout out to the smoothie king it's a nice venue actually yeah yeah so then from there they they would always just do you they would also do like the hall of fame and like nxt at the same venue uh as well so that's why you know yeah it's pretty smart of them and plus since they're 
really using the same set the whole time. But, you know, it costs, not? yeah, cost in production. Set it up once, just leave it there for like four days. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, let's uh, kick off the show. No special video package before the intros this week. They just kind of like cut straight to the chase with, uh, with the show. We already get Stryker on the entrance ramp, and he uh, kind of introduces the rookies. He goes and does them from rank of order from last week's uh, poll. So we have uh, Young coming out in eighth place. Uh, this is also a recap in case you guys uh, want to remember what the standings were. Young is in eighth place. Then we have uh, Tarver in seventh, Skip in sixth, Otunga in fifth, Slater Gator in fourth, Gabriel in third, Barrett in second, and of course Daniel Bryan in first place. Striker then starts interviewing Otunga. Uh, I uh, I like this because it was really cool to see the crowd kind of pop for the, the yeah. rookies without their pro being with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To give you kind of a, a more a realistic overview on what they thought about them versus like you know you hear somebody else's music and they go crazy. It's yeah, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We weren't popping for the right stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, and and kind of that same point like when. Uh, when Stryker started like talking to each of these guys individually, they uh, the crowd was already like reacting to him. Like so, when he first starts talking to Otunga, like the crowd is already like booing him because like mm. they they already like have built like this relationship with like the the pro and the rookies that they're they're invested, which is good. Like mm-hmm. that, that's no, good. yeah, that's like exactly how you want it done. Yeah. So from there, Otunga and Stryker kind of recap like last week when uh, Otunga was the guest host of Raw. What I did like is that Stryker kind of also asked him that question of like, oh, why'd you turn your back on Cena during the main event? And he was like, well, I don't really want to share the spotlight. So that's why, like, I had cost Cena the match. But he did a smart thing, too, where he was saying, like, well, show Miz were like the tag team champions at that point. In a way, he did the Miz a favor and that the Miz is a, a pro on on NXT. So in turn, like he'll do Otunga a favor at mm. that point. So he played it really smart. I felt like yeah, he has some pretty sound logic. I couldn't argue with it. I was yeah. like, all right, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, that that's a really good like half k like reasoning of like why why he did it. So yeah, I I I was really happy with like that answer. Oh yeah, Stryker also mentions that like I guess Otunga's from Chicago too. I didn't know that because like he said like that Otunga requested, like, a hun- hundred, like, comp tickets for tonight for friends and family. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is a Chicago. Yeah, yeah. He kind of boasted about that. Stryker goes and talks to uh, Daniel Bryan, asks him, like, if he feels like he should be, if he deserves to be number one. And then um, Bryan kind of goes on a tangent saying that, like, oh, yeah, does, uh, like, I think he said, like, does Michael Cole deserve to be, like, in, in the spot that he's in and like taking Jim Ross's spot and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So he's already like punching back at, uh, at Cole's comments from these last few weeks. And then, uh, striker said like, you know, he should, he should have said like, Oh no, I deserve to be number one. Like you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't be playing the nice guy. Like, even though your, your win loss record, isn't that good. You should be proud that you're number one and like own it. So I thought, you know, that made mm-hmm. sense. Like, even if, uh, even if he isn't in that spot, like he should be more dominant and say like, yeah, like I deserve this. And then I think we go to, I think he goes to Tarver then after that, asking him like how he feels being second to last in seventh place and says, uh, he asks him like if Brian deserves to be number one and he flat out says like, no, like he, uh, he shouldn't be in first place. Like I'm like the hungriest and I'm like a pit, a pit bull, like, off his leash <laughs> and uh yeah like i thought it was pretty good like he definitely like is a more outspoken finally in this promo versus like the ones that he's done in like previous weeks where he hasn't really stood out i like the you know that he kind of stood up and started to speak for himself yeah yeah try to establish who and what he does because he's been an anomaly the whole time kind of so you know i appreciate I mean, different shirts he has, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's all about self-branding, and that's cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I like, too, like, compared to, like, Gabriel, who's still wearing, like, Hardy shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> no, Tarver has all his own stuff. Yeah. And then some. And, and I'm pretty sure he got sued more than one. <laughs> Michael Tarver, we have not heard much from you throughout this competition. Your first question 
Does Daniel Bryan deserve to be in first place? Absolutely not. What Daniel Bryan deserves to be, just like everybody on here standing on this stage, is a target. And what he needs to do is make sure he gets out of my way. Because up until this point, I followed the rules. I waited for my opportunity. Give me the mic. Now I'm taking my opportunity. You're looking at a pit bull off the leash, every last one of you. I don't care who you're married to. I don't care where you've been. I am the most dangerous man in NXT. So from there, Stryker says that the next, that the rookie should be more worried now because like on the next poll that they do in a couple of weeks that uh, that person will actually be eliminated. And then they, they say like they're going to start doing actual like challenges because uh, from, from the previous weeks, it's mostly just been like standard matches. And then they did the first poll. But now they're actually going to do like challenges uh, the next couple of weeks to determine like people's like spots and just like ranking. So to help like the pros decide a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to challenge them mentally and physically. And so for tonight's first challenge, it's going to be a keg challenge. I like how they don't say like Matt Stryker says like that this keg weighs like 160 pounds of liquid. I like how he doesn't say like what the words in it. yeah <laughs> really uh pg way of uh, mm -hmm. going about it so that was pretty pretty funny so what this challenge is is pretty much there's like a a yellow line like a yellow cross line at the near the entrance of like the ring and then they have the keg like behind the the, the line so what they have to do is pretty much grab the keg go around the ring and then cross the finish line without dropping the keg once and then whoever does it the fastest will pretty much win the contest. I'll go ahead and say the order. I don't know if you caught this. I, I tried to do my best of like kind of pausing it when they actually cross the finish line because they always like cross the finish line. But then, Bro, skip one. Yeah, yeah. Skip one. <laughs> yeah. Because like, they did him dirty. That's what I was saying. It's like, it's literally when they cross it, like they let the clock go a few more like milliseconds. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, wait. They weren't even trying. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he won. Like, I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I was, yeah, I was the same way where I was just like, okay, like, obviously, like, you're, you guys are working this match, but, or not even match, but this challenge. But the way you could have done it was they could have done it a, a lot different way. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, like, to me, like, after the first two, I was like, wait a minute, you guys aren't actually, this like, ain't even clean. <laughs> I got invested after, like, the first two. I was like, oh, man, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Daniel Bryan goes first, and he kind of, like, isn't really taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, he just kind of takes his time and just, like, makes it look heavier than it is. I don't know. Maybe he was, like, struggling, but I really doubt it. He looked like he was having hell of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of recorded it where, like, he legitly came in at 24.4 seconds, but they clocked him in at 24.9. Mm. Then Barrett goes next, and he kind of, like, destroys that record by getting 14 Point two, but they clock him in at 14.7. Mm -hmm. Gabriel goes next. Uh, he was like more RVD chill about it. Like mm -hmm. when Stryker asked him like, oh, um, how do you feel about winning? He's like, let's go, man. Let's do it. Like he, he just came off. Hey, Gabriel don't never directly answer any question. He doesn't. Yes. Like, like he says... <laughs> <laughs> what did he ask him in that other uh, episode? No, wait, that's coming. That's, that's coming, coming next. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, I, I, oh, great. I, I'll get into that for sure. Like we'll we'll get into that one because I had the same same notes. But, but yeah, I think you're right. He never gives like striker or anyone else like a legit like ever. Yeah. <laughs> so Gabriel goes next and gets uh, twelve point nine, but clocks in at thirteen point six. That was the more. That was the one where I was like, come on, guys, like. He definitely like did it under 13 seconds and like they really stretched that one. And then our boy Slater Gator goes next and he actually gets 11.4, but they clocked him in at an even 12 seconds. Mm. Um, so uh, Tarver uh, then goes next, but like he gets disqualified because he dropped it. Yeah. So he clearly dropped it like a little bit when he first started. But as soon as like he was hitting that first turn, like turnbuckle, like that's where like he legitly dropped it mm -hmm. again. Again, like, not too sure, like, I had, I think a couple of years ago, I had listened to either Barrett or Daniel Bryan talk about, like, the challenges, and, like, I think they said, like, it was a mix of, like, they were, like, actually real, but sometimes they did have to kind of, like, half-K it in, mm. in, in fixing them, so I don't know if, like, Tarver, Tarver might have been the half-K person. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
So Tunga goes next. He does his uh, tearaway pants spot. Mm-hmm. Then he gets 13.8, but they clock him in at 14.1. Skip. Then, yeah, like, I think they did him dirty because I think he did get 11.9 from what I saw. Mm. And then. Uh, but, so he really still lost. Bro. He still lost. Yeah. Because, like, it was close, but I think the way they had done Slater's is where I think they were on purposely, like, didn't like start counting the clock until like a little bit after he had started. Mm-hmm. So that way, like they kind of ensured that he was going to be the winner. So I think Skip could have actually been like the actual legit winner. Like, but since like, you know, he can't really time himself when he's actually doing the activity. Mm-hmm. He had to like do a good job of like making it look like he was trying, but like also like not trying to beat Slater's record. At it all. was that uh, yeah, yeah. lifting it up. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. like, he really would have won if he would have just like picked it up in stride. Yeah, you yeah. know he's strong enough to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he would have picked it up in stride and got like maybe two steps in while he was lifting it up, he would have crushed it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh yeah, when when Tarver drops it, like, dude, like the crowd. I mean, granted, it is the Chicago crowd, but the crowd was really on Tarver like this night. Where like they were booing him during his like promo and then they were booing him here like when like he dropped it so like is he, he's not from chicago right i don't think so but he was like i don't know if it's just people just really don't like him like that xbox heat or if he's like actually doing like a really good like heel heel job here of like people really like hating him as like as a heel but you know i just hear about xbox heat like the other day i was like how do people just not like him it's weird like like and I'm, but you know what? I didn't like him either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was just some like I used to love the one, two, three kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then once six and Xbox came, I was like, I hate this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it's weird because like you would think they would just consider it just like normal heel work, but for him to get like the infamous like Xbox heat name, like it's kind of weird that like it came from him of all people. <laughs> like I, man, that just like you just don't like you heat. Yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> I sure did not like him once he became six or anything above. Yeah. Young goes last. He, yeah, he just gets like 13.4, but actually just his was the closest. They gave him 13.6. So that makes Slater Gator the winner. Yeah, they were definitely trying to set him up, setting him up there at that point. They kind of, rev- they the ironic part is like they don't really tell you like what they're winning. And normally they, they do like in these challenges. So like, even then, like, I was like, oh, yeah, well, so what does he actually win? Because, like, during the, the Battle Royale, they had announced, like, what, you know, like, what the winner was going to win with the guest spot on Raw. Mm-hmm. And then on the future ones, same thing, they kind of reveal it. But in this one, they never re- revealed what the winner was actually getting. So they only explained it at the end of the match. And Stryker told Slater, like, oh, are you ready for the main event? And then uh, here's your here's your opponent. And it ends up being the... Big Red Machine, the mayor of Knox County, Georgia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of uh, Tennessee. <laughs> I had some boss man in me at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, he um, so he's going to face Kane. And then Kane comes out, just walks up to his face. And it's kind of it's kind of funny. I don't know if you caught it where like Kane uh, does like the motion for like his pyro in the ring. And then Slater flinches like a little bit too early before the pyro actually goes <laughs> off because like, they, I mean, it's not his fault because like they timed it at the same time when Kane puts his hands down, mm-hmm. but then like the pyro person was actually late and then yeah. like, it, like hit it at that same time. So it was just kind of funny, like seeing like Slater, like react to it, like a second, second earlier. He's but, probably trying to brace for it too. Yeah. 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 Dude, that thing's oh, scary, that- dude. Like when you don't see it, when he did like, once they got rid of that uh that organ in his theme and it just went straight to the oh, fire. Oh yeah. He was tearing people up. Like you weren't ready or paying attention and that fire hit and you just Ugh. my yeah, I think that's what like scared my sister when we used to take her to shows uh early on. Like it mm-hmm. would be that same thing, like his pyro would just kinda like hit out of nowhere. And to this day, like she always says, like, yeah, that like legitly like scared me, like when he would come out just because like it would just come out of nowhere. Well, that shit is crazy. And it, like, no matter where you was, if you was on the side of it, you could feel the heat. Yeah, it's like really, really, like really hot. I'm telling you, man, I don't think they was doing it for budget cuts. I think somebody had a heart attack. I, I mean, I've heard about stuff like I mean, they've even had those incidents at Mania where like 
I can't remember which one where like Taker's entrance <laughs> and like the pyro had like gone upward and like hit people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like at the very very top. You see the one where he caught on fire? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one. Uh, That's not even funny. That is how funny. Like he. <laughs> What's crazy is like that was yeah like the beginning of the match and he had to like cool down inside the, like, the yeah you... he had to like cool down inside the elimination chamber that he was in Come on, and man. I think like people were like yeah like throwing him like water bottles and everything like that just so like he can like oh, try to chill intense, I'm going home after that man. <laughs> <laughs> like what you mean I need to get inside this, this cylinder can you imagine the the production guy behind that like. I'm I'm pretty sure he's either gone or like whatever. But he's like, yeah, I almost killed the Undertaker oh, one, man, one time. Man, you ain't never get hired again. <laughs> Don't you ever apply nowhere to like an Undertaker fan or like bought a house with like Mark Calloway. I can just I can just picture like the dude like interviewing at AEW now, and it's Cody and him are like finishing the interview, about to finish the interview. Like some guy comes and like whispers in Cody's ear, and he's like, hey, man, that's the guy. And then he's like, oh, uh, sorry, we're gonna have to go a different direction. <laughs> He just like rips up his resume and puts it in garbage. Uh, you know it happened. <laughs> oh my god! The Undertaker. If ever a structure was made for a certain individual, the Elimination Chamber was made for the Undertaker, and he's not wasting any time. The Undertaker normally takes his time coming to the ring. Rips his jacket off. He stormed into the chamber, hell bent on defending his world title. Willingly going into the pod. Every other superstar was very cautious and trepidatious. Can never remember The Undertaker entering a match that way. Different with trepidation. Oh. Intensity. Oh. I was in St. Louis for the Elimination Chamber in 2010, where you beat The Undertaker for the world title. Yes. Well, I've never got any anything from this, but Undertaker coming out, as you might remember, he basically Absolutely. got caught on fire, yep. and he didn't look very pleased. And I just kind of want you, you to talk about... Maybe what happened or... He, he was, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the pyro guy screwed up and let the pyro off, not just once, not just twice, but three times in his path to where he literally got burned. That was no joke. Uh, he was out for about two months after that match with uh, third-degree burns, second-degree burns, and he had to stand in that pod, if you remember. He was the last one to get released out of the pod, the elimination chamber, for about 20 minutes, just burning. You know how bad it is when you burn your finger on a match? He was burned all over his body to the point where he, he wears the singlet. When you pulled the singlet away, it was, let's say, white, and underneath was red. Uh, his, his coat, the Undertaker long leather coat, was shriveled up and burned like a piece of wax paper that you would hold over a fire. The only things that really saved him was that coat, the fact that his hair was always wet, and the fact that he wears that big, big, uh, big-brimmed hat. Those three things are what saved him from being um, horribly, horribly burned. We worked the match. Uh, I, I beat him for the title. I went to the back. He was already in the trainer's room having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Vince McMahon. I remember to this day he said, uh, I don't want any excuses. I don't want any apologies. I don't ever want to see the pyro guy again because if I do, I'm going to kill him. And Vince is like, I got wow. it. And that guy was escorted out of the building, and we never saw him again. So oh my. there you go. The Undertaker, definitely the toughest man I've ever seen to go through that because, dude, I was in the pod and had a direct bird's eye view of him walking onto the stage and the pyro engulfing him in flame. Just like you heard that story about Metallica when James Hetfield got engulfed in flame. I saw it not just twice, but three times. Wow, that is, that's crazy. If we ever think about buying <laughs> property in Houston, we should buy a house for the Undertaker. Oh, right. I mean, our, our friend uh, Mark can do it. <laughs> Mark can just contact the other Mark and uh, you know, <laughs> just make a deal happen. He's like, hey, Mark, man, I'm trying to buy a house. <laughs> Dead man property. <laughs> I would really cap it. And, like, nowadays he's really uh, doing more of his actual, like, character nowadays. Like, like he's actually being more of himself, like, in these, like, podcasts. And hey, the interviews. out here living, dude. What did I just see on Instagram? He commented on somebody's, like, what was I looking at? But Undertaker commented on it. 
but he like fucked up and commented twice. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so he's like trying to use like social like, media. Like, you like when like grandparents first got the VCR? Yeah, and they couldn't set the goddamn timer on it. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you can see his history of, like, liking, like, inappropriate, like, <laughs> photos. And he's <laughs> like, oh, I shouldn't, like, use your real account. <laughs> uh, we love you, Taker. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so, from there, uh, we get a quick uh, backstage promo with Stryker and uh, Skip. I really like this promo. Like, he was... Uh, he was interviewing him based on like his loss in the in the challenge and like obviously this is where we could tell like that the challenge was fixed because like they wouldn't really have this promo ready of saying like oh yeah, no. he, he's like the odds on favorite to win this challenge and like you know I'm mm-hmm. pretty I'm pretty sure that that's why but I really liked it because like I definitely got future Ryback vibes from like this yeah, yeah. he uh, he came off like super serious finally he wasn't like that like yep 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 dude anymore he was definitely like serious uh skip and future Ryback in this program. Yeah, I definitely uh I you know I like that from him too. I I felt like the universe was ready for Skip Sheffield right then and there. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, that's a good look for him. Yeah. Way to show some attitude, big fella. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. What to do? So after that then we have our first match, which is uh Daniel Bryan versus Darren Young. So it's um I think it's, yeah, first place versus last place. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So this is the first time that there wasn't any um, entrances either. Like, they're they're already in the ring. So, like, they're trying to really, like, cram as much as they can into the show. Well, you mean, you know, that that beer cake segment was long. Oh, it, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why we're recapping it for you guys. But, yeah, it, it was definitely a really, like, long and drawn out, like, segment. Mm-hmm. segment. It was pretty good. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. it, but it just, it was really long. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. So then Josh mentions that uh, that the next poll is going to be in five freaking weeks. <laughs> so that really like blew my mind because like, compared to like any other reality show, they eliminate people day one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then like for them, like this is already like week seven. The week before, they didn't really eliminate anyone. They just did the poll. And now you're telling me like five weeks from now is when they're actually going to like eliminate someone. So I'm like, wow, they're they are really stretching like this concept and yeah, I was just kind of like blown away that they would actually like tell you that as opposed to, cause as a fan, like I would be like, well, I don't even need to tune in until yeah, I don't like, need to watch anything <laughs> until for five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you idiot. Why would you? <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. All right. So I'll see you in five weeks. <laughs> then they're going to have that meeting of like, I wonder why this episode is the most highly watched. <laughs> cause then, yeah, as a, as a, uh, as a producer, I would say like, you know, keep getting the concept of how important the poll is, but don't give an exact date because mm-hmm. then that way, like you'll have, you'll have given people a reason to come back next week and the week after. I that. think the idea behind it was like, Oh, it's five weeks away. Yeah. And don't like people get to vote. Right. Or, uh, they vote, it? but like, it doesn't like their vote doesn't really matter. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why, like when he said it, I was like, Oh, why'd you say that? Cause like, you're telling me like what to expect in these five weeks that nothing really matters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Brian does his trademark knee from the apron Mm -hmm. to the outside. Um, Really good spot. He is already kind of like still doing the stuff that he's been doing on the indies and like Mm -hmm. stuff that like he's still doing now. So it was good to kind of see that early on. Cole does mention that same thing we were saying about the fans poll, which was kind of weird because like they made it kind of like a big deal in the last episode of saying like, Oh yeah. Uh, fans go to the WWE.com and tell us what you think. And like, they're only kind of like sprinkling in throughout the match. I thought they would kind of have like a little segment saying like, Oh, this is what the fans think. But Cole says like the fans also voted, um, Daniel Bryan at number one. And Cole gets, uh, he says that Bryan is a straight up tool which like really threw me off guard. I was like, wow. Like I, didn't think they would say stuff like that during like that that PG era kind of thing. So it it kind of threw me back. I was like, whoa! <laughs> like there was like a few nice backslides from Brian, and like they both do like some really near fall uh, roll up sunset flips for um for the for the pins. And like I thought they were like really good. Like kind of the same thing. Like Young is still like one of the least experienced people, but like he's really holding on mm-hmm. uh, his own with uh with Brian at this point. Then as they're doing like these near fall um 
uh, sunset flips, like out of nowhere, Young kind of just reverses it for like a front roll up and kind of puts like his whole body into it, which I thought was really cool. And yeah, it gets like the surprise win at uh, 151. So it was, uh, it, it really threw me off guard because like they were just like kind of trying to counter each other with like these, uh, these roll ups. And then yeah, uh, Young just gets it out of nowhere. So it was a good match. Like it was nice, short, um, straight to the point. Dang, Brian beat him up for a good minute, and then he got bested. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, same thing, pretty good match. Anything like, uh, I'll get to it with the um, episode recap, or I should say the scores, but um, yeah, like, these matches are obviously a little bit shorter because of, like, how long the first segment was, but uh, I think they did a pretty good job with each other for the time that they had. From there, we get, like, a commercial break, and then we get Justin Gabriel, and uh, the next match is Gabriel versus Michael Tarver. During the entrances, they all have like these uh, pre-recorded backstage promos. For Gabriel, he says kind of generic something about like his dad had told him, you know, you have to work hard to get to the top, but then you have to work twice as hard once you're at the top. Mm-hmm. With Tarver, his was mostly just kind of recapping what he had already said earlier tonight of like the pit bull on the leash. So kind of the same stuff that they had already talked about before. It's crazy because like I, I swear Justin Gabriel's accent isn't that thick but i just look at him i hear him talk and i just be like what did you just say mm-hmm. or what are you talking about i just i don't know something about him i just can't follow when it comes to his verbal communication skills yeah, yeah when yeah. it comes to wrestling he's dope I'm like, all right that's good yeah from there uh cole brings up the uh the fans poll again and um says that the fans actually placed tarver in eighth place which is cool because like that's exactly like what we had placed him uh, mm-hmm. last week. That's like which. Then Tarver had like an interesting body slam where like he lifted Gabriel really high. I I thought it looked pretty cool, but I had never seen someone do that. Probably have, but not not too recently anyway. Uh, and then Gabriel had like a nice sequence of kicks. He's a really good striker. Technically, he's really good, but like Mike. Mike skill wise, he still needs a lot of improvement. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as a wrestler, like, he had like really nice um, strikes with um, with the legs and everything. Oh yeah, he's smooth. Yeah, Gabriel hit a nice top rope springboard cross body splash mm-hmm. and setting up Tarver for like the four fifty. Tarver runs up to the corner to stop him, and then um, he hits his finisher. Gabriel and then Tarver are on the top rope, and Gabriel kind of counters it, and. Uh, they're pulling each other down. Yeah, and they both kind of land on both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the ropes. Tarver kind of like gets like his, uh, what's it called? Like his neck like around the rope. Mm-hmm. Like they both kind of come down. And then at that point, Gabriel is able to hit him like with a head kick. Gabriel goes back to the top rope and hits the, the 450 and uh, gets the win at that point at a 224. Yeah, I think. And now like based on that, like now they've made a big deal, obviously, about Brian not having a victory yet, but Tarver is pretty much on the same boat now where like, mm-hmm. he's 0-5 after this loss. Good match, but on the same levels as the first match were like very short. For what time that they had, they, they got everything in the thing that they needed to at that point. Another commercial break, and then the next match is uh, Otunga versus Wade Barrett. Exact same format as the last match where like during their entrances, they have like a pre-recorded message. Mm-hmm. First, we have Otunga. I, I really like his... Uh, his little promo here because of how disappointed he was being in fifth place. Like, I think that's the kind of attitude and fire that like sixth, seventh and eighth place should have had. But it's kind of good knowing that like, uh, Utunga is really upset even being in fifth place that he, he, uh, definitely wants to like move up at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we go to Barrett's pre-recorded promo where he's in second place, but same thing. He is saying like second place isn't good enough for him. Saying that like uh, second place is the first loser, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> and then yeah, he says like I'm out here to win, and winners like will um, will will keep getting money. So it's pretty cool. Like he's still continuing this uh, money like story throughout like his uh, mm-hmm. his character because they brought it up ever since like the first episode in his um, his little promo um, bio at that point. So. Earlier today, David Otunga had a unique take on his middle-of-the-road ranking in the pros poll. I was a little disappointed when I saw that the pros had me in fifth place. I mean, come on, fifth place. Everybody knows I should be number one. 
but then I thought about it. The pros are voting. Clearly they're threatened by me. So of course they're not going to vote me in the first place. I came in second place in the pros poll. Second place for me just isn't good enough. Second place is the first loser, and that's not what Wade Barrett's about. I'm here to win it. To make money, you need to win things, and uh, that's what Wade Barrett needs to do. You know, I always like about wrestling is like when they have the characters that are supposed to be like so baller or not, they never throw out an exact number how much they're Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's unless you're like dead to be honest, you're the million dollars, but it's like a million dollars is not even that much money. Yeah. I mean, even back then, I don't think. Back then, that was really not that much money. Yeah. Same thing with like Del Rio. He would uh, be like, oh, yeah, he was balling, but nobody knew how much. (laughs) Yeah. And kind of on the half K hat, like, if you're balling that much, why why are you? Why are you a professional professional wrestler? wrestler? (laughs) Like, Like, I thought about this the other day. I was like sitting there and I was like, all right, pro wrestling. Sometimes I just don't get what you're trying to give me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your world supposed to be? Like, yeah. are you telling me that this former dentist yeah. <laughs> now has a job as a wrestler? Or is he still a dentist? Is, part- like, you know, is, is this part time for him? Yeah, yeah. And and same thing, like more recently with like dudes like uh, like. Tino Sabatelli, like he's like already like well off. Like you saw him like with his actual cars and like houses and stuff like that. And then you're telling me that he's like that rich, but he's like at a jobber level on NXT. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, like what am I supposed to? What am I supposed to imagine right now? Like what happens to those wrestlers who align themselves with these baller ones? Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. don't. Yeah. Are they now poor? Yeah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, I just. What what are you giving me wrestling? Yeah, sometimes I just don't get it, and sometimes I feel like that when I'm watching this. Like, yeah, what does that mean about David Otunga? Like, oh yeah, yeah, like <laughs> he's already he's set, and like, what is he doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like, bro, we, you just told us how big, baller, and flashy you are. Why are you a wrestler? Yeah, yeah. So from from there, uh, Barrett starts with a nice forearm attack, escaping out of like the headlock sequence from uh, Otunga. I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. I like this next spot where uh, Barrett kind of Irish whips Otunga into the corner and then hits him with a big boot in the back of his head. It, it looked really like it looked really strong. Like uh, I just remember seeing it and like threw me back. And I think the crowd also like responded to it as well. Um, so I thought it was it was really well done throughout the match. Like I I, I enjoyed it because um, from there he starts working on Otunga's back and then he to- throws Otunga out to out to the outside and hits that that apron spot where like you kind of ram him into the apron. So I think mm-hmm. I think overall like he's doing a good job of like working on Otunga's back to set up his finisher, which is good like storytelling for the match. I always remember that thing that Joey Style had mentioned like when he first got hired of like being able to tell commentary of what you're seeing versus like actually telling a story. And I think I didn't understand it until like moments like that of like yeah like barrett is kind of telling you a story throughout the match working the back and not so when you hit hits a hits his finisher eventually you're like oh okay that makes sense because he was actually like already attacking that back from the, the very beginning of the match so really good stuff from like otunga and barrett at that point josh kind of throws out that otunga's barber is in the, in the crowd since like otunga got like 100 voucher tickets and says that like his uh his guy Big J is also gonna like give uh Josh a haircut after the show. I wonder if they just make that up on the spot. I know. Like I, I bet like it's real, but like I don't know if he's like actually there or hasn't even talked to Josh. I'm pretty sure he hasn't. So <laughs> Otunga hits a nice looking like shoulder tackle. Um look cool. Like I think that's this the advantage of Otunga being at that size and like that bulk with his shoulder mm-hmm. that like the shoulder ta- the the tackle is like a really simple move, but it looks really effective on like his body frame at that point. They do like a nice uh, small package. Uh, Otunga goes to the middle rope, which is suspicious because like you know a, a guy like him doesn't really go up there. <laughs> so then at that point, like Barrett grabs and pulls his leg down, and then um, hits the wasteland for the finish at three twenty nine. Yeah, like I had mentioned, like I like this match just because of like the story that they were telling with working the back throughout the whole match and uh, it set up the the wasteland perfectly at the end. That match, something about the way the matches just kind of like run are very uh, 
or it's kind of like one-sided, almost squashy, and then that person picks up the win at the end or something like that. Mm-hmm. But in this one, it was like he just kind of beat up on him for a minute, and then the other guy got some offenses. Like, you know, no matter how good you are at the wrestling games, like the computer always beats you up for the smallest of seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you finish him off with your finisher once, boom. That's what that match was to be. Yeah. Good video game. <laughs> so from there, we get a back, just a quick backstage shot of uh, Slater warming up for his match. And then uh, the final and main event match is Kane versus Heath Slater. We get um, during their entrances, we get a video recap of uh, SmackDown. Like I didn't get to follow up on this and, and watch that segment. But in what they showed, it was pretty much like Kane fighting off all the rookies on SmackDown. It was pretty cool. I looked it up and I watched it. Uh-huh. It was actually pretty dope. Like the way they kind of uh, they played it to where like Kane was that unstoppable to where they all had to rally together. Oh, okay. And like do certain things. You know, like they all kind of. It was a a nice precursor because mm. it was like you got to see them all kind of run through all of their finishers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh, okay. So it was like kind of. Seeing it was really cool. And then uh, I think they got, like, Kane wasn't left on the ground. Like, he got up and, yeah. then, like, they, you know, scurried off. So it was like he got the last laugh because he punked them. Yeah. But they, you know, they beat the crap out of him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool. Like, I really thought it was, like, uh, I didn't, like, seeing the recap, I was like, oh, this seems like a cool segment. And I looked it up. Yeah, and yeah. It was like, oh, this is a cool segment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, like, just seeing, like, that recap that they showed us here, like, it, to me, it felt like they were doing, like, a rehearsal for, like, the future Nexus, like, angle. Mm-hmm. So I thought, it was like, oh, it's cool. Like, yeah, they were already kind of, like, working in, like, a, a pack mentality. So ad- it adds even more to, like, the future episode at that point. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. And he pretty much challenged the entire NXT rookie roster. Yeah, I don't know if it was interesting. It was pure domination by the big red monster Kane one who challenges eight men to a fight and then Kane just ran through every single NXT rookie and you can see David Otunga gathered the troops and uh, well it was time to retreat as Kane all over the NXT rookies well the rookie should have retreated earlier <laughs> Daniel Bryan Trying somehow to get on the back of Kane, and the rookies tried to manhandle and mug the big red machine. It did pretty good for a while, including Justin Gabriel and the big 450 splash. Impressive again, but yeah, for and, Kane. And then Kane sat up. <laughs> yes, and the rookies hightailed it. So from there, like the graphic as like Slater's coming down the ring say that Slater is now four and one because he had lost in the battle royale. I was gonna ask you, how do you feel about like certain matches like that actually counting in like your your rec your, your rankings and your overall record like to me i don't like it because like it's i mean granted it is a match but it's nothing where like you've lost by pinfall or submission or got dq'd you know what i mean yeah i i don't count special matches as part of like your overall win losses Unless you want to put an asterisk near that and say, like, including Battle Royals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if they would have done that, it would have made sense. But I'm like, dude, that's not like... I mean, it's a match, per se. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's a different kind of match. It's yeah. It's like, you don't... I mean, yeah, it's like you keep track of, like, a regular athlete's accolades differently. Like, you don't just say, like, oh, he was the uh, goddamn dunk con- contest champion and kind of put that on the same level mm-hmm. as winning rookie of the year yeah the dunk contest is like all right that's cool but rookie of the year is what you'll really be known for yeah yeah versus like you know wins and losses like like if i'm oscar and i'm undefeated nobody's pinned me but like i get tossed out in the royal rumble like dude that's not a loss exactly yeah that's what that's why i was like when they showed him at four and one i was like yeah. eh. like i get tossed out of the ring of regular massive matches they didn't pin me yeah so like it's different yeah. It's like a first first blood match. It's like, all right, like I bled. Like Yeah. <laughs> sue me. Come on, man. Sorry that they didn't have this type of match back in the sixties and seventies. I'm mm-hmm. like I I'd be like other matches like last man standing matches, I think count. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause it's like, you know, you physically have to like incapacitate the person. Yeah. Uh, but I don't like I feel like it's just too many variables in a battle. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't think a gauntlet match counts either, because 
You know, uh, if, you're, okay. if you're came out last, like you're kind of expected to win. Yeah, yeah. That's but, a good I point. mean, I don't know. I think multi-man matches like that, I wouldn't put on a person's like win-loss record unless yeah. it was clearly established initially. Yeah. Like everything you guys do will count towards your wins losses. Yeah. I think to me it's more of like a set certain like number of like wrestlers in a match is where like I'm like, for example, like a fifteen man battle royal and any number higher than that, I wouldn't count it because you're just like, Yeah, there's too many variables. But if you're in like a elimination chamber, at least you're you know, there's only six of you mm. that you can kinda like give it of course like if you start off the match, you're already at a disadvantage, but at least, you know, you know what type of match you were getting yourself into at that point. But yeah. So then, uh, to start off the match, like Slater was pretty much like dodging Kane throughout the, the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. He goes up to like the top rope really quickly and, uh, fights off Kane and hits a, uh, top rope missile drop kick. I thought Beautiful it looked, missile. yeah, it looked really, really good. He, uh, he tries to go back to the top and does a nice, cross body and gets like a one count like right away because like Kane just like mm-hmm. powered up. Yeah. I mean it made sense. Like he's a big dude and it's really early into the match. Then Kane hits him with like a really nice big boot reversal after like Slater gets in like some punches and like again like both did really good selling at that point. He throws Slater out to the outside and kind of does the same spot in the last match where he, he rams him uh into the apron. Mm-hmm. So um you know it's okay but like we had just seen it like I feel like the crowd was really into this match. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like hella into the match. Yeah. I think it's good because like it it shows like they can kind of flicker in sometimes like the main roster guys on onto NXT mm-hmm. and uh they haven't like really used it too much because it's literally think I think it's just been him and uh Kali so far. Mm-hmm. And and like both matches I've noticed the same thing. Like the crowds are really into it because they have like a full time uh, main roster guy on, mm-hmm. on the show. So, yeah, I thought that was really nice, too. Then he brings him back into the ring and then starts attacking him into the corner. Cole brings up that, um, yeah, like how you had mentioned that Kane is still upset from, like, that attack from SmackDown. So I thought that was really good, like, storytell- storytelling at that point. Slater does, like, a nice sunset flip uh, pin attempt. Those guys have got, like, a really good, solid understanding of, like, how to work, like, the roll-ups and, like, the sun to... Sunset oh, yeah. flips, like where the crowd always like pop for like the agility of that move. Mm. You, know, you know what I mean? Kane hits then his vintage like side slam, which I really like. Beautiful side <laughs> I got that in there too. Yeah, I saw that. Ah, like, oh, love it. <laughs> it's like the way I guess Kane's height and frame, just mm-hmm. like you, you like really believe it. Like that. that's like the craziest thing about wrestling moves because it's like once you understand really how it goes. Yeah, it's. Takes two, more than likely. So, mm-hmm. whereas you're looking cool while you're doing it, you need that person that you're doing it to to also look cool. Yeah, yeah. To help you. So, like, I think that's a good tetra- uh, testament to Slater's like selling. Yeah, and stuff like that. Because you know, some people that, like will do their move really good, but then like that person didn't fall right, and it's like it ain't like good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From there on, you know, the crowd again is really into this match where Slater tries to fight back and gets reversed by, like, a super loud clothesline, and, like, the crowd really, like, whoa, you know, like, Mm -hmm. pops after that one. And then, what would you call Kane's, like, trademark move from the top rope? Like, the clothesline dive? Yeah, diving clothesline. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd call it hellfire and clothesline. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised, like, he never, like, really branded that name. He like, never really branded any of his moves. He yeah. just did Tombstone, did Chokeslam. Yeah. He had that Fallen Powerbomb for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just never really had catchy names for it. Like, he didn't hit no, like, oh, man, it's the knockout punch. It's the... Didn't the... That the Big Show had... He had a bunch of different moves. Yeah, I think he had one called Showstopper. That was his Chokeslam. Mm-hmm. Um, he had his knockout punch. No, the weapon of mass destruction. Oh, WMD. Okay. WMD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> From there, uh, Kane Irish whips Slater into the opposite turnbuckle, and then Slater does, like, a nice uh, boot reversal. Mm-hmm. And as he's about to, like, pick up the momentum, and he just, like, runs after Kane, and then Kane surprises him with, like, the choke. Uh, I really liked it because, like, Slater, like, his facial expressions are really good of, like, selling, like, Holy crap! Like he 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 caught me and like mm-hmm. this uh, this choke really like hurts. And then from there, like 
hits him with the choke slam for the win at a uh, four fifty nine. Um, yeah, I think for me, he like <laughs> when he hit him around the neck with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he was like he snatched him back like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. And I think no. <laughs> Same thing with like Slater's hair; it really sells. It, like yeah. it whiplash back. Yeah, it's, yeah, Ugh. yeah. No, you got me. That's the that's the good thing about having like that short medium hair. It's just like you can like sell it better with. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Certain moves, kind of like that's why like when women do headbutts, it looks good because all that hair is in there. To you know, you ain't got to worry about it not looking like you actually hit them. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't see it. It's yeah. Just like, all right, look, I'm really gonna get in here and just throw my hair. Yeah. On top of your head, real quick. You need fun. I think uh, another example, I, I think I was listening to another podcast where they had mentioned like when the Dudleys and uh, Edge and Christian would would um, would have matches where like, you know, they do the either the what's up spot or like um, Edge or Christian is on the top rope and like the Dudleys had already like reversed something that like why Edge or Christian is like still climbing the top rope if like their their partner is like already been attacked by the Dudleys. But they give the good explanation is because they have the long hair that like it's covering their face as they're climbing the top rope. Mm-hmm. So they don't know like what's actually like happening. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's the commentator's job to tell us that. Yeah. So I like when they when they do spots like that because like you're like, it's dumb, but then at the same time you're like, oh, that makes sense because yeah. Yeah, according to wrestling logic, that should have fucked you up. Yeah. <laughs> that and that hair in your eyes, you there's no way around it when it happens either. Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like <laughs> It's like when you're poked in the eye. It's like, oh, that was it. Your matches are totally done now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty much the episode. Um, overall, like, I thought it was pretty good. I'll, I'll go right into my uh, my scoring. But I would say, like, to me, I, I'm going to go pretty average with this whole episode. I gave the commentary a three because I think they, you know, they did their job where like they were kind of telling us about the importance of it to me, like I said, I'll give slightly um, less points just because of the fact that Josh did bring up the five week thing and uh, (laughs) really kind of like killing it for me because like at that point as a viewer, like that's the worst thing you can do is just like, tell me like when I should come back. It's kind of like, you know, when you make a a reservation at a restaurant that like you you can't make reservations to, but they tell you like how long the the wait will be. So at that point, you can either make a call of like, all right, I'm just going to leave or I don't need to stick around here until like uh, the time you told me. Straight up, we go to a restaurant. Oh, yeah, y'all can't make reservations, but it's going to be a 70 minute wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) so to me, it's like the equivalent of like, okay, so nothing, nothing real is going to happen until five weeks. Okay, I'll I'll be back then. (laughs) The matches, I gave it three just because there were more matches. But at the same time, like, yeah, because of like the the keg challenge segment like taking really short matches yeah they were all really short matches deceptively like, short because you're watching like oh is it good oh it's not yeah what yeah it's over <laughs> uh, yes. and then uh for me obviously my match of the night is the main event with uh uh slater and kane just because like not only was it the longest match but they i think yeah they did a really good job at um at, at telling their story and kind of giving a good balance of like where uh slater had like some good offense and believable offense against like a monster like Kane. Nice. And then Kane also like, you know, doing his part and just being really good at what he does. Production, I gave it three two just because there wasn't anything too outstanding. They did some good different things about like mixing it up by doing those promos mm-hmm. during the entrance, um, which I like, but nothing that uh nothing that I was like really blown away by overall during the production production of the show but still really good job in entertainment yeah like a three just because like because of like the mixture of the two of like i understand that now they want to get the uh the challenges in but like kind of like what we had mentioned earlier like i felt it went a little bit too long like they may could have shaved off like five minutes off from that segment Hmm. but overall like I, i enjoyed it like from the storytelling and um and with the matches that they did um, I did have a note here of like what happened to the pros. Like there was literally like no pros throughout the show. I were just kicking it, <laughs> you know. No, yeah. I mean, was this this wasn't after WrestleMania, was it? Uh, I don't. No, no. This is two shows after. Oh no, excuse. Yeah, because the show last last week was uh, 
was the first Prolos Polo, and that was the the show post Mania. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No excuse. Yeah. That's why I'm just like, where the where did y'all pros go? I, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. It's like like kids dropping off their students at like kindergarten and they just left. <laughs> Man, it's like, all right, you guys are going to school today? Yeah. Picking me up? Nope. Nope. <laughs> See you when you get home? Nope. <laughs> Man, all right, so what I got? Commentary, I also went pretty standard. Mm-hmm. I gave them a three. There was nothing too out of the ordinary. Matches, yeah, I, I went three, although there were a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. They weren't long. They were just short little affairs. Yeah. Produ- I, you know what? I think I went straight. So this is how this is going to line up. I literally went three all across the board, mm-hmm. except for entertainment, because I was highly entertained. Oh, okay. Nice. Like. I really got into that keg segment. I don't know why. Yeah. But I was very entertained. Maybe it's because, like, after seeing Dan Bryan go and he looked like he was legit having fun, I was like, oh, man. Oh, you okay. You guys really kind of maybe got to go go at this for a little bit. So yeah. This yeah, is yeah. cool. I'm entertained. Nothing, everything else is pretty standard affair, but I thought overall it was a pretty entertaining episode. Yeah. I agree. Like, I think when, I think when we give these threes, it's not saying like it's an, like a below average show i I just want to give them the the props and saying like that they did their job and it was really didn't do anything wrong yeah 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 they didn't do anything wrong and they were really entertaining at what they did Mm -hmm. but like i also know like when they pull out like the big guns and want to give respect to those like shows as well so yeah man it's like when you go to a restaurant and they give you the different tiers of tipping like oh yeah yeah yeah. you're gonna tip it just depends on how much you want to give yeah Exactly. I just give them fifteen percent rate. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. You know, that's, that's a good. That's a good that's, way. Of, that's all we're giving them when we give them greens. They just get that regular tip. Yeah, yeah. I like you that. did enough to earn <laughs> your normal. I didn't feel like I needed to give you less. Yeah. Cool. So with that, um, the final score between the two of us is a three point one, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, nothing special about that one. Nice little fear, nice filler episode to have on the background while you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, same. Cool. So, um, yeah, the next episode, I won't give too much away because I think they do a good job of um, kind of setting up the match. But I will say that the main event is uh, Luke Gallows versus Darren Young. Yeah, so it should be an interesting show. Like. From what I remember, I know that they were they've been still building up like the storyline between Young and uh, the Straighted Society. So I'm kind of interested of like how they they go about it at that point um, mm-hmm. to to keep keep building the storyline between that pro and rookie. Mm-hmm. Com- yeah, they have a, a a dynamic building up that's pretty interesting. Yeah, cool. So yeah, uh, tune in for that next episode. Previously on X Men. Yeah, for me, I just want to give like another uh, shout out to Grow Canvas Grow, which is our parent company. Uh, they help pretty much sponsor all like the graphics and just like the production level for us. So we always want to give them a shout out. And if you haven't already, follow them on all platforms of Instagram. And uh, their handle is at uh, Grow Canvas Grow. Oh, and you can also check them out at GrowCanvasGrow.com for the latest updates there. We are setting up everything here. I believe now we have our uh, if you're trying to listen to all of our older episodes, we have them up on our Podbean. We also have them up on our YouTube. And we also have our social media uh, pages as well with Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, I believe. So if you're using any of those platforms, feel free to follow us and subscribe there as well. You'll get the latest updates when a new episode is out. And sometimes, you know, we'll throw out some uh, some random, like, shows or reviews or like just like reaction videos as well so we always have like other content as well did you have any uh plugs that you want to do this week shout out to hood slam Ooh, yeah for sure i think we went to one of their shows recently and uh our first time going i for me anyway it was my first time hot dark cherry oh yeah <laughs> so yeah i think i i may be wrong but oh give them a plug out i think it's like birdswillfall.com I think it's like their their uh, uh, you their, know what just say yes yes okay <laughs> if anything I'll put it I'll put the link in the uh, the bio for this episode just to make sure ooh you're good birdswillfall.com I remember it because like I think it was during that time in 
20 in uh, 2010 where like that bird academic was happening where like birds were actually like dying in the sky oh, uh, and I think they just kind of ran with that that whole thing right. <sighs> anyway <laughs> well thanks again for checking us out on this episode tune in to our Podbean for like the latest episodes and for any of our archive episodes and uh, yeah we'll see you on the next episode thanks again uh.